You're listening to the Everyday Addict Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Ariel. The information, opinions, or references shared are not meant to treat or diagnose any medical, mental health, or addiction issue. It's informational and educational only. If you struggle with mental health or addiction issues, please seek help from your doctor, mental health professional, or addiction specialist. Let's get on to the show. Welcome back to The Everyday Addict. I'm Brian, the host. And this week I had a very interesting case. I did a couple assessments and I had this person come in and they needed a mental health assessment and they were looking, we were looking at their history of um, drug use and we had found out that they had been smoking cannabis, high potency cannabis for six years daily, very high level of what they were smoking. And they had experienced several psychotic events in their lifetime, and they were concerned that possibly they had early onset of bipolar or another disorder that could be related to the symptoms of psychosis. And this led me this week to research about the prevalence of cannabis use-related issues of psychosis. Now, commonly, we all feel that marijuana is relatively a safe substance to use, and it can have some great health benefits. And But like all substances, there's risk of use and potential for abuse. And that potential for abuse is relatively high. And with most of the states of America uh, legalizing recreational use, the stigma of the weed smoker is now one of almost celebrity, and it is in fashion. There's not a stigma around it as much as there used to be when I remember growing up in the 80s and the 90s. So, however, any substance that we use could trigger a mental health issue, or bring about early onset of symptoms that meet the criteria for a serious mental health issue. And I don't want to be an alarmist and try to scare you, but these are the possibilities that we have to look forward to if we abuse substances, and especially with cannabis. So at times we may have this very relaxed attitude about marijuana and cannabis and we you know it's it's a plant and it's all good and there's a lot of hype around it but there are some issues that we have to look at and we have to be honest right we have to be honest about what we're looking at we can't go into this blind and just believe that oh marijuana will never harm me and i can do as much as i want and i'll never experience any issues which that would be ridiculous So we're going to take this really nice look at psychosis and cannabis use. So in my research, I'd found an article in the Psychiatric Times, and this was published March 11th of 2021 by Brian Miller. He's a doctor. And he asked the question, does cannabis cause psychosis or is there some prevalence to it? And through some of the literature reviews and the studies he looked at and answering this question and seeing if it was supported. And one of the studies that he cited was Lynn Scott and Van Oss. And they found that 61 of the cohorts, they found a high prevalence of psychotic experiences in participants that used cannabis. And they had also found that 7.4% of people that used cannabis and had a psychotic experience went on to develop a then psychotic disorder later on in life. And so before I get too far, let's let's really define what psychosis is. And I'm going to take something from WebMD. They do a really good job. Uh, 
you know, sometimes people diagnose themselves off WebMD, but for information-wise, they have pretty good stuff. So their definition of psychosis is a condition that affects the way the brain processes information. And it can cause you to lose touch with reality. You might hear, see, or believe things that aren't real. So we might have hallucinations, visual audio hallucinations. Psychosis is a symptom and not an illness. So sometimes we get confused, right? Where we think psychosis, they have a psychotic disorder and we believe that that's a disorder in itself. But psychosis is a symptom of a lot of different di diagnoses. Now stress and medical problems and yes, even drug use can bring about these events. Substances can affect our brain activity so that what seems to be real to you doesn't match what's really happening in the real world. And this can be unnerving when we, we see something, we believe it's there and it's really not. So did we have a psychotic episode? Possibly. However, most of the time when the substance is not used, so we don't use, we don't smoke, we, we stay away from it. This, the symptoms of the psychosis usually will go away. And that's a good thing, right? So about 25% of the people who are diagnosed with a substance-induced psychosis, that means we've used so much of the substance that we're in a psychotic state and we're experiencing this breaks and out of touch with reality. So 25% of those people diagnosed with a substance-induced disorder later went on to develop one of the psychotic disorders that we find in the DSM. And this is mostly true with methamphetamine and cocaine, but it can happen with any drug that alters our reality or overtaxes our brain's ability to decipher real from not real. So in, in another study, they did seven, they looked at seven case studies that were controlled studies of cannabis use and the risk of psychotic disorders found that there was a threefold increase of the risk of psychosis with evidence that early use of cannabis may lead to greater risk of psychosis outcomes. And yet another study by Large and colleagues found that 42 samples that were taken, the age of onset of psychosis or psychotic diagnoses was 2.7 years earlier than those who had not used cannabis. That's kind of amazing. So imagine, right, that we're looking at this and we're saying, so 2.7 years and we might say, well, that ain't no big deal. But it actually is when we're talking about maybe onset is 25 on some of these. So imagine getting your onset at 22, 21, 20. It can have life-changing effects and imagine if you're going through a psychosis or a substance induced disorder and you end up in the hospital in the psychiatric care ward that stuff's going to follow you for the rest of your life you're going to have those experiences and i've been in those places and they're not always joyful great places to be you can run into some very interesting people for sure in the mental health wards in your hospital. It can be a good experience and it can also be a very horrifying one. But imagine if we have this psychotic episode, we slip into psychosis, we can't tell what's real and what is not. 
And it can be scary for a lot of people. It can be scary for your family members. It can be scary for you. You know, going into a psychosis can be traumatic for you because you can't tell what is real and what isn't. And so in these studies, they're showing that 2.7 years of early onset. So you might say 2.7 years, no big deal, blah, 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 whatever. But really, when we really look at it, that's really an earlier onset than when we would think. And so I'm going to infer that the study was using moderate to heavy cannabis users and not the weekend tokers or the occasional smokers of cannabis. And also, this is really, when we look at marijuana, weed, pot, whatever you want to call it, it's not the same pot that our parents grew up with, right? And they're using, you know, different formulations are using different growth techniques to really harness the delta 9 which is a psychoactive property and sometimes they're reaching up to 90 percent and they're even condensing it into wax and they're doing all this other stuff and it's really taking out the the cbd or the eight in there and it's creating this really highly psychoactive property which before you get a little buzz and you'd, you know, kind of feel okay and that was okay. But now we're talking like 98% pure THC, just psychoactive. And this will actually help bring about the prevalence of experience of psychosis to an even greater risk. So I remember when I was working with teenagers and a lot of them were doing uh, the wax, the dabs. And they would, they would tell me, well, it's so great because... Like I see things, I hear things and I'm just escaping reality and I feel so much better, but yet they were feeling better. And, but what we were seeing is that they were having problems with disassociation. They were having problems slipping into psychosis, not being able to tell what's real and what's, what is and having behavioral issues and all these other things. And even in an article in Neuropsychopharmacology, published November 18th of 2009, they looked at brain scans of patients using Delta 9 THC. And they found that their brains are affected in the processing information and memory retention. And they did this versus study, Delta 9 versus CBD. And they wanted to see what the effects on the brain were. And later on looked at psychosis, like what does... THC, Delta 9 THC do to the brain versus what would CBD do? And what they found is that they have opposite effects of each other in the brain scans. So like I said, they were looking at the brain scans and it affected the processing and information memory retention. They also found that CBD may have anti-anxiolic properties and can be used to treat psychosis. Now, Delta-9 is, is thought to have the negative effect on the brain because it's neurotoxic, which it causes, and those properties bring about many of the psycho, psychotic episodes, including paranoia, high levels of anxiety. And this study found that CBD is thought to have the neuroprotective factors that can reduce psychotic events and even maybe be an adjunct to treatment for someone who is in psychosis. Very interesting study and published what they did in 2009. The conclusion was that between CBD and Delta 9, 
They found that the use of CBD could have a role, like I said, in treating psychotic disorders and other benefits such as the calming effect in the areas of the brain that were adversely affected by the Delta 9. So what's the bottom line about this? You know, with the use of cannabis and psychosis, right, we have to really check our attitudes. We have to check in our relationship. Why am I using cannabis? Now, I'm neither for it nor against it. I'm kind of neutral, and that is what it is. And in my own life, I have experienced using Delta 9 and CBD. I per- I would rather use CBD because it doesn't have the psychoactive effect, and it works just fine on the things that I need it for. So using a good, high-quality CBD a roll-on or maybe some drops or something like that really does have a really good effect on my own depression and anxiety. I'm not telling you to go out and buy CBD. You make up your own mind and I'm not against marijuana and I'm not for marijuana. I just want to provide you the facts of what is going on, what could happen if we are in heavy use. So when we look at that, overall heavy use can lead to a substance-induced disorder. But if we stop using, if we stop smoking it, it should resolve soon after we've stopped. So now let's think about this. Heavy use while we're young, right? We know that this can harm brain development. That usually and generally, the brain really doesn't stop for an adult by age 25 forming critical pathways and especially when we talk about the prefrontal cortex which is the executive functioning of the brain so if we're say 15 16 all the way up there and we're smoking heavy cannabis or marijuana daily and we're getting to this state of psychosis because of our heavy use because we're we're losing touch with reality. We don't like reality anymore. What do we believe could be the long-term consequences of that? And sometimes I think about it with all the adolescents that I've seen go through treatment and are struggling with cannabis use because it is really popular. Everybody's doing it. Oh, everybody's doing it. And like states are pushing it and our uh, our media people our media influencers are pushing it and it's just, it's really glamorized and don't get me wrong. I think it has its place, but I think we need to be, we need to check our attitude. Like I was saying about why we're using cannabis. What are the purposes for it? What is our relationship to it? Are we using it to escape reality or are we using it to in a medicinal purpose? Has it been prescribed by a doctor? Are we, what are our reasons for using it? So, I mean, when we look at this and the brain development is harmed in the younger, in younger people, it could lead to that early onset of psychotic disorders up to three years earlier than those that haven't used cannabis. Sometimes I worry about our future, our future leaders, and what is this all going to do? When we think about in the future, when we are starting to see these kids now that have been using cannabis so long, and now they start to get into leadership positions, or are we going to see a higher prevalence of psychosis experiences and hospital treatments and more diagnosis of younger people with earlier and earlier onset of psychotic 
disorders or psychosis, hospital stays, and all those other things. So are we going to experience an uptick in this? And I hope not, but time will tell if this early onset of one of the psychotic disorders are in these clients' futures. So is a very hard thing, right? We, you know, we want to exercise our freedom, but, you know, we have to be responsible in how we exercise our freedom. We're free to do whatever we want, right? But not everything that we do benefits us, right? I can eat, you know, lots of cheeseburgers. I can eat a whole, you know, a whole pie, but is that going to benefit me in the long run? No, it's not going to benefit me in the long run. It's going to drive my health down to the ground and I'm not going to feel really good. And I'm going to get a lecture from my doctor for one thing. Why are you eating a whole pie? Why are you eating all these cheeseburgers? What's wrong with you? So our relationship with the substance that we're using is very important. Our attitude of why we're doing it. Like I choose CBD because it helps with anxiety and depression and sleep. So that's where I'm at with it. And you'll have to judge your own attitude and like really think about, you know, if you know someone is using lots of marijuana, you might want to talk to them. You might want to share this with them. And I know there's going to be people out there like, you don't know what you're talking about. That's fine. Whatever. I have the studies. I reviewed the studies. And if you don't believe that, then that's fine too. And it, I point back to your attitude about why do you use cannabis? What is the factors? What what are you doing? So when we really look at this, and when I reviewed that case again, we looked at it and we found that the client did have a substance-induced disorder and that they were exhibiting a lot of signs of mania and they were looking like they might be in the bipolar range or the schizophrenic range. And it was kind of hard to tell. So there was some provisional diagnosis. And then monitoring. So this is after 60 days of sobriety. It appears that the psychotic experiences and the psychosis are way less than what that was in the initial stages of their treatment. And again, only time will tell. As long as this individual stays sober, the brain will have a time to get to its balance, to get to its homeostasis, and then we'll get to see... Is this really a substance-induced disorder or or do we actually do have bipolar or some other psychotic or psychosis symptoms linked to some other things? And even reviewing this case with the individual and saying, you know, this is what could be going on, they started to feel a lot better because they were really worried because they do, there was a history of bipolar and schizophrenia in the family. So we discussed some of the risks of continuing this lifestyle that it could bring on this early onset. And this individual was not really young, but was not really old and was starting to experience some things even when they weren't using. So it was really alarming to them. And so, you know, we consulted and we talked and they felt a lot better at the end because Wow, so I'm able to chart my progress from the day one in treatment, now 60 days sober. Have I seen an improvement in my mental health? Yes, I have. Have I seen an improvement in my mood? 
Absolutely. Do I have less anxiety? A little bit less, but over time, it's going to take time for that to leave our body and our brain to kind of come back online and heal and start to work the way it's supposed to. Again, it depends upon our attitude with what we're using. I'm not saying go out and use. What I'm saying is, no matter how we feel about marijuana, cannabis, and all its derivatives, we have to take an honest look at what it could do to us, what it could influence in us, and what could be the long-term consequences of it. If we just dismiss this and we poo-poo it and it's not a big deal, but yet later on we find ourselves having some sort of mental health issue that is exacerbated by the use of cannabis, we told you so, right? Do your study. Look at the science behind things. Look at the case studies. You know, and if you're a weekend user, probably not going to affect you. But if you're a heavy user, you're probably going to, you probably already noticed there's a lot of things. Like maybe you have a lot of high tolerance and you can smoke a whole, a whole pound. You can smoke as much as you want and it doesn't do anything to you. Well, then we might have a problem, right? And we might need to seek help. We might need to seek treatment. And let's get into, like, I'm going to dip my toe in this a little bit about advocacy, you know. And if you live in a state that has or is looking to do recreational marijuana and looking to do all these things, you know, maybe you might want to research some of the bills to make sure that the good of the public is being served by these because not always is it a lot of times unfortunately states are going for cash grabs and regulating this potentially good business out of existence such in, as a case i read an article about california having to subsidize cannabis farms and businesses because they're overregulated. And I had heard one person that I listened to on the radio sometimes, he says, imagine the government is the only one that can screw up selling weed. And so looking at these things, if it's beneficial to you and you're in favor of it, make sure that you're involved in the process. If you're not for it, well, so be it, right? Then do your homework on the effects of it, just like we did here today. And Voice your concerns. Remember, we do have freedom of choice. We can choose our best path. If something benefits us, we should pursue it. We should have the right to try. We should have the right to seek our own uh, happiness as long as it doesn't harm us, as long as it doesn't harm somebody else. So thank you for listening. Uh, we're on a lot of different directories. We're on iHeart. We're on Apple, we're on Spotify, we're on Google Podcasts, we're on uh, Amazon and Alexa, and it just keeps on growing. Thank you very much for that. And I tell you what, if you really like what we're talking about, please share it with someone. Please, you know, say, hey, listen, listen to what I'm listening to. You know, it would help. And also, too, I just thank you very much. I'm just really grateful for all the ones that are downloading and listening in all the different countries. I mean, we're in uh, Italy. We were in England. We're in India. We were in Australia. 
I'm telling you what, this is really, this was really exciting. It's really fun to see every week the stats come in and where we're being played and for how long we're being played and things like that. And that's just, it's a blast and it's so fun to watch this. And I love sharing maybe some of my insights, uh, what I've experienced in the last couple of years doing this for eight years. And hopefully I can share that knowledge and it helps you be more informed and it helps you probably help somebody else. That's the real goal of this is that if I can empower you with information that could help you or to help someone you love better understand addiction and understand what's happening with the person and the process of addiction, then it's a win. Thank you for listening to the Everyday Addict Podcast. I hope you found this to be of value today. And check us out on Facebook. And if you want to suggest topics or have questions about addiction or recovery, please send me an email at everydayaddict8 at gmail.com. Again, that's everydayaddict, all one word, the number 8 at gmail.com. Until next week, have a good one.